Welcome to the University of Wyoming Today. On this program, you'll hear about what's making the news and about the people and events at UW. You'll also learn about some of the leading research that's taking place at one of the region's top universities. And now, here's today's edition of the University of Wyoming Today. Hi. Jim Kearns with you. Today we'll hear about a project that proves you can obtain highly productive vegetable gardens at high elevations. And we'll learn the latest information on the effects of using electronic cigarettes. But first, it's probably fair to say that in higher education, distinct lines are drawn between the science community and the arts and humanities. The University of Wyoming has opened a new digital maker laboratory. It's encouraging multidisciplinary teams of scientists and artists to collaborate on creative research. Department of Art and Art History professor Brandon Gellis says the laboratory demonstrates how art and science can support each other basically a visualization and fabrication space that is meant to bring artists and scientists and scholars from across the university together to discuss about possible collaboratory ventures and for for example for scientists to bring over a data set they might have about um, water ecology or geological structures and for us to try to visualize them in two and three dimensional ways um, to really create new sorts of visualizations for presentation at conferences, in papers, and to create two-dimensional, three-dimensional, and time-based visualizations. So those captured in video and in digital form. Professor Gellis says he's applying for a $150,000 National Science Foundation grant to fund more digital maker equipment at the university, the next step in bringing art and science together. You're listening to the University of Wyoming Today. I'm Jim Kearns. If you're new to Wyoming, you've probably heard stories about how difficult it is to grow vegetables at high elevations. But veteran gardeners will tell you that's not true. And there's a recent study that confirms that. As part of a long-term food project, University of Wyoming kinesiology and health professor Christine Porter partnered with a nonprofit organization called Feeding Laramie Valley. Porter says they weighed the vegetables grown in home and community gardens at Laramie's 7,200 feet elevation. We didn't actually help the gardeners grow anything. All we did was measure how much they grew and what they did with the harvest. So it was a documentation project. So, uh, But knowing how much gardeners can produce and finding out that and the the average gardener not only shared a third of their harvest, the average gardener in a 253-square-foot plot was the average plot size, produced enough vegetables to provide enough vegetables to feed an adult their daily recommended servings of vegetables for nine months. That's three-quarters of the year, 75% of the year's vegetables can be provided for one adult by the average Laramie gardener. The gardeners who are more prolific were producing well above that that rate, i.e. gardeners in Laramie can grow nutritionally meaningful amounts of food 
to contribute to their family's vegetable. And if you're worried about the time it takes to have such a productive garden, we talked to one of the top producers in that project, Patrick Ivers. A garden takes a little bit of time at the start. For example, the first weekend that we st clean up the plots, get rid of any weeds that are there. Uh, and I don't rototill because that, that can destroy the uh, natural nitrogen in the ground. But just to clean it up and, and uh, sow the seeds, that can take a good part of two days of a weekend. After that, watering, a little bit of weeding. I don't, I'm not real meticulous about weeding. At most, a couple hours a day, and often less than that. So I don't find that it's a terrible burden on me in terms of time. And then, of course, when you're harvesting, then that's going to take maybe another half an hour or so in the latter part of the summer and into the fall. You can count on no more than a couple hours, and that's with having two gardens, at the home and at the community garden total. And gardening is a fun and productive pastime, not to mention the pleasure of tasting those fresh vegetables pulled right out of your own backyard. For the first time in three years, the University of Wyoming will be awarding honorary degrees this spring. Our communications intern, Bianca Coca, has more about this year's three recipients. They are award-winning writer and conservationist Tom Bell of Lander, statistician and entrepreneur Don King of Cheyenne, and Pulitzer Prize-winning author and teacher John McPhee of Princeton, New Jersey. Bell is an award-winning writer and conservationist who founded the Outdoor Council and later founded the High Country News. King co-founded Westat Incorporated, one of the world's leading private sector statistical survey research organizations. He served as president of King Research Inc. until 1997, when he retired to concentrate on writing, lecturing, and service. McPhee is known as one of the pioneers of creative nonfiction. He is an author of more than 30 books, including Rising from the Plains, a portrait of the family of the late David Love, a preeminent Wyoming geologist. I am Bianca Coca, reporting for the University of Wyoming today. That's Bianca Coca of Laramie, a senior in communications who's helping to put this program together. Those three recipients will be honored during commencement ceremonies this May. In case you haven't heard, the use of electronic cigarettes is now prohibited in all University of Wyoming buildings and during outdoor events. The Board of Trustees approved a change in the regulations to treat electronic cigarettes the same as other tobacco products. Monica Keel directs the university's alcohol education program known as AWARE. She says that was a good decision from both a policy standpoint as well as for health reasons. There is a lot of kind of myth about e-cigarettes. Uh, one of the big ones is it's just water vapor. You hear that a lot um, of what is exhaled and that there's no harmful chemicals in them. And recent research in the last couple of years has shown that there, while 
less than traditional cigarette smoke, there are still chemicals that are, that are exhaled and can be in the environment through e-cigarettes as well. And you can put any type of substance in them. Another thing with it is that you can have sub, uh, the liquid that's used in an e-liquid, as they call it, can have anywhere from zero micrograms of nicotine in it to up to 35 micrograms. So you're still getting nicotine delivery. And then with the flavors, you can get um, compounds like propylene glycol. And we've also seen other things like in some some companies, some of their uh, components of flavors have formaldehyde and other types of substances that are mixed in there. So the, the concern is we're still getting other chemicals in and what are those effects? And that's where the current research is kind of looking at. What are the effects of that? The vote to ban the use of e-cigarettes on campus was supported by the faculty and staff senates and by the Associated Students of UW. So, like other tobacco products, they can only be used in outdoor areas, away from entryways, windows, and ventilation systems. I'm Jim Kearns, and that's it for my time. Thanks for yours. That's it for this time. Join us again for the next edition of the University of Wyoming Today.